Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, now part of the ChairShot Radio Network on thechairshot.com. Remember, always use your head. You look like a dude who should be pumping my fucking gas. This isn't doing it for me. There's, I'm not getting, I'm not getting enjoyment out of this. He was a before the bell rings all star. All right, everybody. It is June 7th, 2023. This is the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, part of the ChairShot Radio Network. You can find us on thechairshot.com and anywhere that you listen to your podcasts. I am the man with the award-winning and holy beard, DJ. Going to wrap around the room like I always do, introduce this cast of characters we've got on this show, starting with first hailing from the Purple Haze and Cloud Nine. Bucky's tag team partner, a man destined to go through a barbershop window. Jason, how's your week, sir? Going excellent. How's your week going, my friend? It's going okay. I've kind of had a rough day at work today. Um, Had some engagements with some employees that were not fun. Um, Unfortunately, being in management, there's things you have to do and decisions you have to make. And, uh, you know, it's... Not necessarily a reflection on the person, but their, I guess, lack of work ethic. And just, it's the part of the job that sucks that nobody likes to do that, unfortunately, you have to do. So, ouch. You know? Yeah. And last but never, ever, ever least from the Rob the Genius podcast, the Minister of Truth, the Father of Facts and Figures, which will come in important tonight, the Deacon of Data. The official shoot bear of the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, a man who definitely does not want fries with that order, and he has the golden shovel with him as always, Mr. Rob. How are you, sir? Doing good. I'm uh, putting in a couple of bets here for tonight. <laughs> oh, nice. Hopefully you'll make a little bit of money again. Yes, I hope so, yeah. <laughs> so we've got a loaded show here tonight. Uh, as you, If you've been listening to us for any length of time, we started to introduce watch-alongs to the podcast. Uh, and about every couple of months, we try to find something really fun to go and either Make fun of, which is what we've done over the last couple. We've picked some matches that were not so good and uh, did our best to make fun of them and grind, you know, grind through them. And the first two that we watched were matches that, you know, Jason had never seen. And it was kind of fun to gauge his reaction in real time because, you know, Rob and I have seen him and we had our feelings. So to watch Jason's um, interpretation of it, having never seen them before, has been part of the fun of all this. 
Tonight, we're going to shift gears slightly. We're going to watch two different matches, uh, one we are going to make fun of. Uh, but the first one we're going to watch is actually a work rate match back to what I consider to be one of the golden eras of WCW World Championship Wrestling before the infusion of Hulkamania. Uh, in my opinion, Rob, please correct me if I'm wrong. WCW, from a work rate standpoint, from like 90 to about 93, 94, couldn't be touched. Yeah, uh, not, not particularly, um, like, I'd say especially from... 92 92 and 93 in particular right those and um and honestly early 94 up until up until the hulkster came in. up until hulk hogan came on board and um, now mind you they made a lot of money under hulk hogan, well, yeah and, and right? let's not shit on that but and, 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 right and, and, and i'm not and i'm they, not even, they changed the, there was a there's a reason the business model completely upended because the cash started flowing in yeah, and and that that wasn't meant as a shot. It look as look now we we have no problem taking shots at Terry Belia here, but <laughs> no. but that was in particular was not meant as a shot at him. It's just you know again they they changed the they changed you know they changed the model and right. Um, hey, go ahead and and it's unfortunate. Well, what's unfortunate was that during this period from like ninety two to ninety four, where the there's just the in ring work was just so good. It was during a time where the business was just with it with all the business, not just theirs, was just not good. And so unfortunately, a lot of this just kind of got lost, you know, um, in the conversation. And thank God we do have Peacock here where we, and they have, you know, uploaded or they you know preserved a good bit of the stuff. And it's there and there, there's just a lot of good work there. And, you know, if you want to see. Probably, I think you know uh, Ricky Steamboat's last really good run uh, was during that period. Um, the Steiners had some good stuff there. Sting, that might have been Sting's maybe best period as far as ring work of his career from that during that stretch. Um, yep. Because that's that's when he had that's when he had put it all together, and also was like the guy in the, in the big spots and big matches and everything and um you know uh, rick flair came back in 93 and he he did some good stuff after coming back um you know Arn that Anderson. was my first exposure to the horseman oh that that's that's unfortunate <laughs> that's okay. yeah. uh, that, that hey, was you gotta watch everything in the hey, 80s you know what? Well, Hussman, buddy. again i was Hussman. 11 12 whatever so rick was there and to me he was pulling it all along so whatever yeah yeah, I mean, for you, for you '90s kids who got some version of the Four Horsemen, I mean, you, you, it was a bit of a retread. It was fun enough, but yeah, for the real stuff, you got to grow up on what Rob and I grew up on. Yeah, but um, two guys in particular that we're going to talk, we're going to watch here, um, who, uh, Brian Pillman. This was like the probably the best run of his career for, as far as an in-ring worker. Because I mean, you know, unfortunately, he got he got a bunch of injuries later on. And one other guy, um, uh, man, you all know very well by the name Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, this was before he was Stone Cold Steve Austin. This was before, you know, again before injuries kind of took hold of him. And I mean, there were some clips of me getting passed around on Twitter. Like I was at a vintage vintage Porosu account over yeah. the past few weeks, and. It's like, I mean, if, if 
if all you know is Stone Cold Steve Austin, then this will be an awakening for you. And look, Stone Cold Steve Austin is an all-time great wrestling character. And for his physical limitations, he he still had a bunch of great matches. Yeah. But, I, you know, this here from like 92 to 94 in WCW was his absolute physical peak. And he was doing things in the ring that, you know, it's hard to imagine him being able to do if all you saw was Stone Cold Steve Austin. Right. I always tell people when I'm on Twitter and people talk about Stone Cold Steve Austin and how all he did was punch and kick and stun people. And, you know, it's, he got over on character. You're absolutely right. He got over on character. But go back and watch any of the series of matches that he did with Ricky Steamboat. And it's not just because Ricky was carrying him. Austin was working his ass off. He was a machine back in the 90s. Before the injuries, before Stone Cold, stunning Steve Austin was a hell of a worker, a hell of a hand. And, you know, if you're, quote unquote, a fan of wrestling, go back and watch some of that smash mouth shit he was doing for WCW when he was, what was he, U.S. champion at one point? Tag champion with uh, Brian Pillman at one point when they were the Hollywood Blondes. Yeah, he was TV uh, champion. Um, yeah. He was everything but the world champion, basically. He was. And yeah, that's just but- because they didn't see him in that role, which is part of what led, you know, to him getting frustrated with the company. And then when Hogan came on board, it was all it was all but over in WCW for, you know, for Steve Austin. Yeah. And interestingly <laughs> enough, we draw the comp- – there's, there's a very interesting similarity between him and Pillman. You talked about Pillman's injuries. When Pillman came to WWE, the the, the mid '90s work rate Pillman was gone. He'd he'd injured, you know, he'd injured himself pretty bad, and he's the guy who actually had to come up with a more intriguing character years before Stone Cold did. I mean, Stone Cold was coming into his yeah. own, but Pillman, we got to give Pillman credit here. He had to crawl before Austin could run. Where and when and who? actually came up with the stone cold character uh, it was him it was all it was him it all was, him he he tells There's, the story over a bunch of different things it was like he was the ringmaster and while the ringmaster was out there having some good wrestling matches the ringmaster as a character just was not getting it it wasn't cutting it and he knew it and they all looked at him they're like you're this awesome workhorse of a wrestler but we don't know what to do with you so he was, I think he was home with another injury and he was kind of, you know, nursing that injury and healing up from it. And he says he was watching a, a documentary on serial killers and there was a serial killer that he kind of was really interesting to look And he's like, well, how about I do something like that? I can be this, just this cold, hard, merciless, you know, killer type person. And so he pitched the idea to Vince. They pitched the idea to creative creative gave him a list of God awful um names like and some of them you got to watch the documentary but it's like the Iceman and frost mcfang or some shit like that and then his side of the story was he was sitting there with his wife and she had made him a cup of tea now let that sink in for a minute stone cold steve austin was drinking a cup of tea because his wife was british i believe and she had made him a cup of tea and she's like drink your tea before it becomes stone cold and that's when it hit him he's like that's it stone cold steve austin and from there, they went to the races with it. But okay, because I'm I, I gotta say like oh you know it's woulda coulda shoulda if oh WCW didn't know what they had just this it's all a cocktail and just of of meteoric and ridiculous circumstance that that propelled this guy to the moon. So right. like one. 
thing. WCW can't create Stone Cold. Period. End of no. story. And they WCW weren't in that time not. period. Not with Hogan at the helm. They weren't. They, they were no. not introducing Stone Cold as a character in WCW in 1997-98. No. And and unless you do that, it's just another stealing Stone Cold Steve Austin or the Ringmaster or Stephen Austin or whoever he ended up being would just be a really cool wrestler that you and I and Rob would talk about. Well, and that was and the that thing. Was it. And he, that's because we're wrestling fans and we have a wrestling podcast. Well, uh, like, you know, first we're talking about Pillman because right. we're the fans. And no one outside this pod, like, in the real world knows who Brian Pillman is. Absolutely, because he passed away before he really hit. And I have a feeling that if Pillman had not passed away, he would probably, from a character standpoint, be sitting in that rarefied air that a rock or a stone cold or somebody like that was is breathing because he really was ahead of his time. If you look back at that crazy stuff that Pillman was doing with the Heart Foundation right before yeah. the Attitude Area really exploded. I mean, this guy came out and cut a Jeffrey Dahmer promo on live TV two decades before MJF ever did. Yeah, and right. I, I guess not, I guess the unfortunate thing with Pillman was by the time he, he would start doing that, he, he literally could not work anymore. He couldn't. He couldn't do it. I mean, so. I, and I mean, like, literally, I mean, I mean, could not work. Not, not couldn't work good. He, he could not work, period. I mean, yeah. Like he was like um, darn near faking it the last that last year of his career and yeah, I don't think he had one actual match on WWE. He's got some matches he was involved in. There may have been a tag match that he was in, but I don't think he ever got a real one-on-one singles run during the entirety of his WWE career. He was mostly on the mic, Whoa. which he was incredible. Yeah. He he ended up being great on the mic. He did a little bit of in-ring stuff with the Heart Foundation. But I don't know that he ever really got a real singles run. Yeah, and um, of course they did. And then he and Austin did the infamous home invasion angle where he oh pulled God, a, that was cutting he, edge TV. Where he pulled he pulled a real gun. Yeah, <laughs> he pulled a real nine on uh, on Austin in the promo. It was fantastic. Yeah, great watching TV. Yeah, but yeah. before we get into the watch along, I want we got we have to take a minute here tonight and, and acknowledge the passing of an absolute legend in the pro wrestling industry. I, I cannot pronounce his his shoot name, so I won't even try. Uh, the, the legendary Iron Sheik, one of the all-time greatest characters to ever, ever set foot in this industry, a guy who could get heat just walking in the room, um, and by all counts, a pretty damn fine human being. What, what, you know, behind the scenes, you know, not the character, but the guy himself, Anybody who talks about him talks very highly about him. is very complimentary of him. Even people who may not may have had reason not to like him. Um, his Twitter account has been an, an absolute blast for the better part of the decade. He's had appearances on the Howard Stern show. I believe he was on uh, Maury Povich. Just a, a guy who, when the cameras are on or when the microphones are on, lived the gimmick. And, and believed in that gimmick. And he was one of my first heels. I caught on to WWF at the time TV after Hulkamania had come on. I think my first WWE show was WrestleMania 2. So at that point, he'd already beaten the Sheik. And the Sheik had gone from, you know, main eventer back down to upper mid card. But he was always a guy you love to hate. And Rob, he was probably in your uh, in your collection of, of, of guys you hated when you were a kid. Because you were that yeah. you're the same age I am. 
Yeah, and because uh, I mean, I started watching after Hogan had beaten him, also, and uh, but so they he start now he was like a real life Olympic wrestler, mm-hmm. and yep. so they they started doing they started really playing up the whole Iron Sheet gimmick. This was around the same time as the for the, the Iran hostage crisis, and that's when yep. it really, I mean it I mean it really started it caught fire for obvious reasons, and you know back then look you had you had guys like him and you had. And he, he teamed up with Nikolai Volkov for a while. And so it, it was a perfect team. And you had the guy. The Russians you know, the, and the Iranians. Yeah, exactly. And they were, you know, they were, you know, made for TV villains, basically. Back in the 70s and early 80s, you could do that and not, you know. Yeah. And, um, and, and you know, and, you know. They won the tag titles. Yes, they did. Uh, they they did. won. The, they won them at the first WrestleMania. Uh-huh. And, um, and, like I said, um, Sheik was on, you know, he he was he was he was definitely he was a character, you know, in and out of the ring. Um and again, like you know, people who've met him and have dealt with him have all have, you know, good things to say all you know about him. Actually MVP posted a um on his Instagram a picture that they took together like way back when and you know, and that he even said, you know, uh, Sheik was like it was at the um he was being ro- it was a roast actually and he said Sheik, you know, killed everybody from the podium. Yeah, but, uh, but put him over. So, <laughs> you know, um, awesome. Yeah, and so, yeah. I mean, for all accounts, like said, the guys that dealt with him, dug him. And then, actually, well, one story. Uh, this was something that I think um, Cornette, I think, had mentioned this. Uh, at one point, he was. And this was this was the mismanagement of WCW. Is that he had been signed there? Um, he worked for a few months. They stopped using him. Somebody forgot that he was even there, and he got paid like for an extra year and didn't wrestle any matches. <laughs> oh boy! And the, look, that that grab is, the that, bag. That is the way to go, man. <laughs> Legendary. I always say the smartest wrestler in the room is one that gets paid the most for the least amount of bumps. Yeah, and so I mean, from according to the story, they legit just forgot that he was on the roster. That's and incredible. So and he just and so they didn't book him for anything for a while, and he could, but he kept getting a check. And the nerds in accounting probably don't even watch the show. No, so they, yeah, I mean, so they, yeah, they just see the line. I mean, they weren't looking at the show to say, wait a minute, this guy here. Yeah, how did he lose one hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars this year? How did that happen? Yeah, how come I, I don't know what the payday back then would have been, but. Yeah, like, Actually, like, we would we wouldn't even have lost it because it would just be in the roster budget. You'd be like, <laughs> all right, that was our roster budget. You have to go line by line by line and be like, wait a second, you got to itemize everything. Yeah, yeah. One story so, I always liked that I read. I read this in an article, so who knows if there's any truth to it or not. Um, I, they were talking about the Iron Sheik, and there was a, a he was backstage at the shows when he was teaming with Nikolai. And they were walking out, they were leaving the show, and there was this group of kids that were trying to get their attention, get their autographs, and Nikolai just was like, stormed right past them, and apparently the uh, the sheet gave him a good chewing out. He's like, you dumb son of a bitch, he's like, you always make time for the kids. Uh-huh. And, you know, th- to me, that just struck a chord, because that's, at the end of the day, as much as we, so, you know, talk and joke and everything like that, wrestling really is for the kids. So right there, I want to jump in with my story because it t- dovetails perfectly off that. Uh, Rich Palladino is a legendary ring ad- announcer around the New England area. He's done a lot of cool stuff. Uh, he's worked for the for worked with basically everybody that's come through New England at any point. Um, and 
he had a post about Sheik, and he said, The Iron Sheik was on my very first show back in 1993. He was a very nice man, and when I asked him to take a picture with my then-less-than-one-year-old then nephew, he asked, May I hold the baby? I happily obliged. He did include a picture of Sheik in full gimmick, Paladino, young, rich, looking dapper, as always, in a tuxedo with Sheiky holding this cute little baby. Um, so I, I worked several more events with him and over the next few decades, uh, to the point where he would refer to me as my good friend, Rich. One of my favorite memories is going to the Kowloon after a WWF uh, event in Melrose. My best friend joined us and sat across from the Sheik and was just in awe of him. And Sheik even let us wear his hall of fame ring. He was truly one of a kind with the operative word being kind. And I think that's what, yeah, I think that's what the. That's what you see. I mean, we talk about, unfortunately, we talk about it with some of these guys who have passed away recently and some of these gals and blah, blah, blah. But that's really the be all end all is in an industry that can't wait to backstab and shit talk and stomp over and roll over and double cross. You don't have anyone. You have everybody coming out of the woodwork to pay tribute to this guy and share a story. And it's always about him being kind or him being giving or him being loving to somebody. And so it's, it's, it's incredible uh, to see the impact this guy has made. Yeah. And, you know, not only in those people, but to the business itself. Like, I mean, he was really, you know, through, he really, he was part of the start of what we now watch on TV. You know, the birth of Hulkamania, the Sheik was at the, he was at the epicenter of that, you know, and that's, that's historic. That's important and it matters and it always will. Like he's forever I mean, linked to what we now watch on TV every week, no matter what show you watch, whether it's Impact, he, AEW, MLW, it doesn't matter. The Sheik is the linked to the epicenter of what we watch today. I mean, Rob put it best. He won the tag titles at the first WrestleMania. He was yep. a big deal. Yep. Big fucking deal. Um, and also, I need to, we need to thank and re- appreciate and respect Cheeky Baby for long time leading the charge against one Mr. Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, you almost, almost every Cheeky got- knew before anybody, man. Cheeky <laughs> knew what a low down piece of crap that guy was. Yeah. And he was letting everybody know. Well, like, at least a few times a week, or almost daily, there was a, a, a fuck the Hulk Hogan. Right. And the fuck the Terry Bollea. Yeah. He, 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 he made sure to, dis- he made sure to differentiate between the two people. Yeah. And, um, yeah, actually, and he told them both to fuck off. Yeah. And, um, well, That's another, amazing. Oh, actually on another thing on that note, um, there's another one of these stories. Um, and, I think it might be true because enough, enough people in different places have, you know, kind of said so. Um, Vern Gagne wanted, you know, um, basically offered him some money to break Hulk Hogan's leg or something like that or, or to injure him. The Sheik tells that story. I have a, um, yeah. before the world went to shit, WWE put a uh, w- uh, Hulk Hogan compilation DVD set out. I bought it. And, you know, in that, they, the Sheik is very candid about how they, they did. They offered him money to break Hogan's leg. 
And, and he's like, you know, me, and he basically says, I'm a very proud Muslim man. And he's like, and, you know, I, when I give someone my word, I give them my word, and I gave Vince my word that I would do this match, you know, the way it was booked. And he did that. And, and that's, you know, because he very easily as a shoot could have broken Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Because the oh, shoot yeah. was that, he was that dude. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's, you know, let's go flash back a little bit. Of course, I put it away. Um, but, I mean, the dude didn't just wrestle. Uh, he, let's see here. He was a, he was on, excuse me, he competed for a spot on Iran's Greco-Roman wrestling team for the 1968 Olympics to Mexico City. He then moved to the United States and became the assistant coach of two U.S. Olympic squads in the 70s. In 71, he was the amateur athletic uni- union Greco-Roman wrestling champion and gold medalist at 105 pounds. Or 100, uh, 180 pounds, 0.5 pounds, excuse me. I was about to say, that dude he, was never 105 pounds. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe when he was 12. Four. Uh, <laughs> he later became the assistant coach to the U.S. Men, uh, US team for the 1972 Munich Olympic Games. So, so yeah, the dude was a world traveler and, like, just super cool dude. And yeah. I... You know, I, he's one of those dudes that you just, if you ever met him, you'd just be like, all right, just talk. All right. I'm just going to sit here and listen to you talk. Yeah, That's, absolutely. He's one of those trees I would love to have sat under if I'd ever met the man when I was in the business because of God, the stories he could tell. Uh, mm-hmm. Sheiky baby, rest in power. Yes, sir. Keep breaking the backs. Yes, keep making the jabronis humble. Yes, sir. And, and I know you're and in fuck a good the Hulk spot. Hogan forever. Fuck the Hulk Hogan forever. Yeah. And. <laughs> I know you're in a good spot, brother. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank All you. All right. So let's get into the watch along here a little bit. We are – let's go ahead and get everything pulled up on the on the good old WWE cock. Uh, go to the WCW section. You are going to look under their TV shows. You're going to look for Clash of Champions. Uh, no. You're going No, you're going to look for the Clash of the Champions. No, it says Clash of the Champions. Clash Clash. I'm looking, champions? I'm staring at it now on my screen, Jason. All right. hey, <laughs> First time around, you said Clash of Champions, and no, that is the WWE. Whatever. It's all on the well, cock. If they're going to be this nerdy about it, where they keep switching it every fucking month, oh, it's Clash of Champions this year, it's Night of Champions this year, it's the Clash of the Champions if it's a, a lunar weird year. Make it up. Make, make a decision, guys. Would you hit your pen and let me finish? Absolutely. <laughs> All right, so it is Clash of the Champions. It's Season 6, Episode 1, Clash of the Champions 22. And go ahead and fast forward, set your timestamp to 1 hour, 3 minutes, 30 seconds. We are watching the Unified WCW Unified Tag Team Champions. Yes, 30 years ago, they did Unified Championships in an entirely different company. Yeah, and uh, I can Wait, give you, I can whoa, give you- no, 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 no. We need to we need to bitch about how this is the worst thing ever. And okay, the, well, it, I'm, no, I'm no, going fuck to those nerds. I'm, I'm not bitching con- about it. I, well, see, I'm going to provide some context here. Okay. What more context do you need than we've been doing it for 30 years? Shut the fuck up, nerds. <laughs> well, okay, that, that, you're right. <laughs> and um, moving on. No, go ahead. Bro. Well, no, go ahead, bro. All right, well, because um, well, you know, all right. So WCW was originally part of the NWA. Yes. And. And actually, World Championship Wrestling was just the name of the TV show that Jim Crockett ran on Saturdays at 6.05. Um, and then I think he, that was, and then 
I think in 1991, they split from the NWA and they, and then they became officially known as World Championship Wrestling. And then I think in like 92, they attempted to kind of patch things up with the NWA. So they intro- so they reintroduced the NWA World Title and NWA World Tag Team Titles. And they still had their WCW titles. Um, That's what it was. And then, but then the, the NWA reconciliation kind of went south, as wrestling partnerships always do. <laughs> and Which is why so, Vince never did that shit. Yeah, and um, so they had, I think, at one point, you know, one of the teams had both titles, so they just started calling it the unified title, and the NWA took their belts back, and so it was just, you know, back to being WCW belts again, but for a little while, they were still the unified tag team titles, and that's what this is here. So this match consists of three absolute legends and one guy who could have been a legend if he hadn't gotten in his own way. Uh, the champions at the time are Ricky Steamboat and Shane Douglas going against, and I don't know if they were going by the Hollywood Blondes at this point, but it's uh, uh, Stunning Steve Austin and Flying Brian Pillman. Again, set your timestamp to one hour, three minutes, 30 seconds. We'll give you guys a you know, pause the show here. Get yourself set up. And guys, you ready to get into this? All right, and give you a countdown in three. What's the matter? Oh, I was say funny thing about the Hollywood Blondes. One guy was from Cincinnati, the other one was from Texas. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> couldn't be any further away from Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great gimmick, though. Oh yeah. All right, I'm starting to count down here. We are starting this show in three, two, one. All right, we are off here. Who is this announcer, Rob? I, this Mike, guy's been lost. Gary Michael Capetta. That is Capetta. Okay, God, it's oh. been forever. My God. So the champs are already in the ring. There's there's Shane Douglas. They're holding two separate belts. You know, uh, there's uh, Ricky Steamboat, and now like there was barely even an introduction here. Like you know, in in 2023, there's this long drawn out thing. In 1993, the champs are already in the ring, and we're starting the match, and you know. Fine Brian and Stunning Steve just walk into the ring. Like, there's no pomp, no circumstances. They're just there. Well, now, this this was live TV, and yes. they, had, they had another match to get to after this, so... They probably had to rush through it. Yeah. Again, yeah. imagine the, imagine the hand-wringing if uh, at the next pay-per-view, so the champion, the tag champions don't get a, an entrance. What's What was fun about Clash of the Champions was they offered this on live, like, free TV. Yeah, so and, um, we, this wasn't a pay per view. This was free TV on TBS, and we, man, we got fed some great matches on these shows. Yeah, because actually, I mean, well, the Clash of Champions, basically, it was well, the first one was basically a fuck you to Vince McMahon because pretty much Vince uh, strong armed yeah. the cable companies into not carrying Starcade in 1987, mm-hmm. and so yeah, it, it got to the point where the NWA guys said, "Look, we got, we got, we got to hit him back." Yeah, so, those belts are gorgeous. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, I love those things. God, those belts are gorgeous. And look at these absolute units in the ring. Every single one of these guys. Yeah. Absolute machines. Even Shane Douglas was in peak condition. Steamboat was still in really good shape for his age at the time. Austin and Pillman were always in good shape. And we're off with two of my favorite, one of my favorite all-time feuds. So, uh, St- Stunning Steve and Ricky Steamboat are starting yes. off here. Yes. Look how fast he's moving, man. No, look how look how heavy he's laying it in. Oh yeah, he, he was Smash Mouth, bro. Yes, sir. Stunning Steve would lay it in, and he'd tell you he'd lay it in. 
that first hit to the back? Yep. Bro, I felt that. Oh, hit him and Steamboat, man. Him and Steamboat could tear the house down. Look at this stuff, man. Dude. Oh! Crossbody. Nice work. Pillman with the save. Is this when you back when you get one save or whatever? And then they counted that or uh, that made was that under um what the hell was his name that made all the weird uh, Bill Watts was that under Bill Watts rules? It might have been I don't know but uh, I think it was under Bill Watts rules. I read an article on that recently and they were talking about all the Bill Watts rules and while some of them were crap, some of them actually kind of made sense. Damn. All right, we're we're taking a powder here. We're yeah, it is good heel work here by these guys. Bill out of the ring, catch your breath, regroup. Man, this is great. What a what a throwback. Yeah. I gotta say it's eerie to see Pil- Pillman. It, it is. That there was uh one of, I was when I was trying to find the right one, there was a uh, a very, very young um he who shall not be named mm. in in a in a match and it was just it was just eerie to watch. Oh yeah. Um, well this is even crazier because like you know that I, I watch my biggest exposure to this whole family is Pillman Jr. on AEW. Oh yeah. yeah. So like, yeah. So it's he, it, he. Wow, he looked like his dad. His okay. dad was such a machine, man. He was yeah. so good. His man. If you ever get a chance, Jason, you want to watch some? Go back and watch Flying Brian and Yushin Thunder Liger. Yeah. Oh, great, great high flying shit. And um, they had the opening match at Super Brawl too, and I think to this day it's still one of the best pay per view opening matches. Yes, sir. Ever. Yes. They, these guys are all like. Flying and then grappling and then chaining and all of them would use they, the undisputed era as toothpicks. Oh yeah, they would. And it's funny because like Steamboat wasn't considered a big guy. None of these guys. No, but I mean, he, Austin again, was probably the biggest of the bunch uh, with yeah. Shane Douglas not far behind. Yeah, uh, Pillman but Brian wasn't. Pillman was considered a light heavyweight. Yeah. Yep. Because they actually didn't they inter- introduce a, a light heavyweight championship for a time. Yeah, and that was it was like a year the year before this one. Right. Yeah. Man, Shane Douglas, what tag team? Oh yeah, it's quick tags here by by Douglas and 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 uh, Steamboat. Lots of chops going on. It's it's this is good. This is real good teamwork. And Shane Douglas, what could have been? Yeah, he's one of those guys that you know he'll tell you wherever he went, somebody screwed him. Uh, Oh, he'll tell you that. Now, yeah. th- that being said, I firmly believe that Shawn Michaels, because oh, you, you oh. think about the era, oh, we've got a, we've got a knee one. injury. We've got a fake injury here. Yep, it's, it's coming with the knee injury. But I firmly believe that Shawn Michaels was somehow or another involved in Shane Douglas not amounting to more in WWF at the time. Because the guy had, he could talk. You know, Douglas could cut a promo. He could Jeez. damn sure work, and he was a good-looking dude. Over the ropes, into it, what the? Yeah. Right into a drop toe hold, boom! Oh my God! Float over into an arm bar. This oh, is oh, and he pounded away at the shoulder. Oh, oh, oh! And a drop toe hold from Austin. A float over into a front face lock, and a reversal into a hammer lock by Douglas, and a couple of knees to the arm. This is great Jesus. work. This is how you we do need... it, boys and girls. And see, and people say hey, guys, that like, we need... go ahead, good. Bro. People say that stuff like that is "quote unquote" boring, but when you when you put some oomph into it, yeah, like this this basic headlocks and 
arm drag. When you put some, when you put some, Wait. when you put something on it, that stuff is actually good. Yeah, it's very and, simple. You don't have to do anything. You just have to stop making it look like a dance and stop looking like you're working together. Make it put a little more stank on it and make it look like a fight, and you're golden. And that's what yep. these guys are doing. Yeah, this is, and and these really are for this type of match. These really are for the best of their time. Oh yeah. I mean, a lot of people don't think you know, Pillman's one of the, or not Pillman, but uh, Douglas is one of those guys, kind of like what you said with Pillman. If you know, you know, but if you didn't know, you wouldn't know. And those right. of us that grew up watching Shane Douglas knew how good he was. Yeah. Right. Good ring awareness, good psychology. Great head of hair. Oh, he had an awesome mullet. Yeah. <laughs> and it's look at, oh, look at the hammerlock slam down there. I always loved a good hammerlock slam. Look at Steamboat bringing him back to the corner. Yep. Cutting the ring in half. There you go, baby. This is why they're champs. They cut that ring in half and just wear the guy out. And you see, man, you see him swinging that arm? Even oh, yeah. He's trying to kill yeah. him. Oh, pull the tights. He's got the tights on. Oh, they were doing this shit years before what? Guerrero and Malenko were doing it. Look at this. This is years before Guerrero and Malenko. Yeah. And, and they're doing reversals over. and reverse pins. Oh, that was awesome. That uh, spot. Yeah, that, that was pretty good. Yeah. It's, this was a good so call, Rob. This was fast. a good match to watch. And then yeah. the, when they break up the pin nowadays, these, when these guys break up the pin, they just kind of slide on top of the guy and, you know, yeah. don't put anything into it. I mean, they're walking, they're running in there and they're. Yeah. These guys walk over and stomp him in the head. Yeah, I mean, well, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed yeah, to break exactly. up the you're pin. Like nowadays, pin. I'm gonna be that it's guy. Like, nowadays, when these people break up the pins, now they just they barely get in the ring and they just kind of as long land. as long as I touch them, that yeah. breaks up the pin. And yeah. the refs treat it that way, so it's just as much on the refs as like one of these days a ref needs to be like, no, his shoulders stay down. I'm sorry, I don't care I'm if you hit him or not. Yeah, it's, it's such a such a great effort here of all these guys trying to make it believable. And, I, I, again, I can't stress it enough. If you want to see how good Stone Cold was, go back and watch him and Ricky Steamboat. Yeah. But then you also have to look on the other end of the equation and go, okay, yes, these guys wrestled like this. How much tread did on the tires that, that they have at the end? Well, I think Steamboat went into his his 40s, didn't he? Yeah. Steamboat made it into his 40s, still working. Pillman, obviously, what happened, happened. Austin didn't make it far into his 40s. And I don't know if Douglas is still wrestling or not. Yeah, because now, I mean, uh, Pillman was in a pretty bad car accident. Right. Right. Let's take him out of it, obviously. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess the thing in this case, I mean, Austin. Steve, and I'm not even, and, and okay, not even where he ended up wrestling, just constantly getting injured and you know constantly you know not quite going full bore watch something here with the way steve austin moves though particularly his legs the way he Mm -hmm. so because steve austin sold like a son of a gun and he's so animated the way he moves around it does not surprise me at all that he got as many knee injuries as he did yeah right if you look at the way he sells especially his legs watch his legs it does not shock me that that dude you know, tore his knees all to hell. 
Was he already trying to disintegrate his tailbone, or had he not come up with the stunner yet? Uh, no, there was no stunner at this point. Yeah. He didn't even really start doing the stunner until he became stone cold. Yeah. Oh, didn't he do, like, the stun gun or something? Like, yeah, the, he did. Yeah. He, he did a stun gun, ropes. but that was kind of um, a, a variation of the uh, the hot shot, wasn't it? Yeah. From Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert. It's where he basically catches him, looks like he's going for a spine buster, but then he just drops him and hangs him over the top rope. Yep. He called it the stun gun at the time. Yeah. Oh, now we got some more corner action. Yeah. Yep. By now, now it's team. now it's it's Austin and Pillman cutting the ring in half. Yeah. And you know we've got uh, we've got the the dragon getting worked over here. What's their stories? Why are Steve and Pillman together? Are they beer buddies or what's the? But uh, do you want the kayfabe or the? Uh... <laughs> oh no, I want the kayfabe. Kayfabe. Uh, the kayfabe. I don't really remember how or why they got. I just know Austin telling the story of how they got together behind the scenes. It was a dusty call. Okay, well, it dusty made the call. Yeah. yeah. It's Austin was a singles wrestler. Dusty said, well, we're going to put you in a tag team. He's like, I don't want to be a tag team wrestler. And then he became a tag team wrestler and him and Austin became really close friends and he enjoyed it. And as soon as they really got some momentum, Dusty said, okay, uh, you're going to be a singles champ. You're going to be a singles wrestler again. And we're going to give you a U.S. championship run. He's like, but I don't want to be a singles wrestler. I'm enjoying tag team. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, no, I, I cooked you to perfection in the tag division. Now I'm moving you to where I want right. you. I, a lot of people talk very highly of Dusty. I think if you gun to his head, um, Austin may have some things to say about the dream. I don't think he was very happy with the tail end of some of his booking under Dusty Rhodes. Yeah. Listen, nobody books 100% and somebody's going to get the, the bad end of it. Let's right. It was Steve this time. Sorry, it worked out all right for you, Stevie. He did okay. Yeah. <laughs> and besides, it wasn't Dusty to fire him. So. Yeah, I'll do right. off. Oh, no, sir. And blam. Oh, that's a high angle suplex. Yeah. Wow. DJ, how much, how much you got to do to take, how much you got to make in one night to take that thing? Uh, They would have to pay me well. But that being said, I took it for free at least once. Well, when you're green and you're on the indies and you just want to work a show, come short of, hey, do you want to dive off the balcony? You'll do pretty yeah. much whatever they ask you to do. Oh, look, there's your over-the-shoulder backbreaker. You don't see that too often. Yeah. No, you don't. Not enough. So somebody needs to watch some old WCW, watch some of this stuff, and bring some of this back. Like, there are some guys you who know, like, Braun Strowman should be doing that. I was just about to say Braun. Yeah. I was just about to say Braun Strowman when he, when he was doing the, uh, like, Braun would, that would look amazing. Yeah, it would. Especially when he gets like a bigger guy like Roman or Drew up there, and because yep. Braun could do it. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm not See, one but, of those. It oh, used to be better guys, uh-oh. but. Well, certain things were done yeah. better. Yes, they yeah. were. Exactly. You can take you can take certain elements. Oh, nice. The 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 believability of the guys in the ring was better. Right. 25, 30 years ago. And that's nothing to get. Like, I have a lot of guys that wrestle now that I love. But when I line them up to some of these guys, it it's hard to compare. Excuse me. Hard to compare sometimes. But, I mean, the business does evolve. And, you know, fans' tastes evolve. But I, I think yeah, some guys can. should go back and watch some of this stuff and bring some of this back. I mean, for, for me, like, especially, like, with tag team wrestling. Um, yeah. 
I feel like a lot of these little things are just not done today. You're right. Both guys getting up slowly. Nobody in any hurry, making Ooh. the moment breathe. Like just that. So just let it breathe, man. Let yeah. the crowd see what's going on. Don't flash to the next move, to the next move, to the next move for the sake of, I don't know, whatever. Right. God, Shane Douglas, what could have been, man? Yeah. He really was that damn good. Good, good, good fired up spot here. Good hot tag. Good looking guy. Hell of a worker. Hell of a promo. Belly belly suplex now. Uh oh, here it comes. Bam! Austin with the double axe handle from the top. Rolls pulling over. Ref is occupied with Steamboat. Oh, man. Uh oh, and uh, he's down. Steamboat has been clotheslined out of his out of his Ooh. britches. One, two. No, there's a kick out. And now oh, a nice steamboat going after Austin down there on the floor. Oh, uh oh, ref's distracted. Uh oh. Uh oh. I smell shit. Oh, God, no. those are beautiful belts. Oh. Oh, come on. Oh, we got too slow, man. Uh, we got we've a DQ. And now. Terrible. <laughs> oh, now that. Yep, Austin clubbered him with the belt, and we've got a DQ, man. Ref saw it. Man. That, there's going to be some aftermatch shenanigans. Not ex- how I expected this to end, honestly. Uh, Douglas was a heel for so long and such a good one. You forget oh, that the guy was... Oh, oh. We've got color, do we? Oh, yes, sir. Yeah, we do. We've oh, got yes, color. Sir. Douglas oh, busted yeah, wide open. Jesus. Because dude, he laid it in with that belt, that Bubba. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, with the strap. He's whipping him with the championship belt. That's incredible. All right, man, <laughs> hurt like a man. son of a I, bitch. Oh, we've got a run in. Oh, no. We've got an Armstrong. Yeah, I recognize an Armstrong Scorpio. and two cold Scorpio. Is that? That's the stinger. That's the stinger, isn't it? Yeah, is that yeah. sting? All right, that's going to wrap up that match. Ooh. What an incredible work rate match. Yeah, that was awesome. Incredible stuff. So we are going to take a quick break. Uh, Before we do that, I want you to go over to the uh, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Go find yourself a Mindless Wrestling Podcast t-shirt. That's right. After listening to us in your ears for so long, you can now wear us on your bodies. That's at the ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Pick up your official Mindless Wrestling Podcast t-shirt. We're very proud of it. We would love you forever if you bought one. We're going to go to commercial when we do. When we come back, we've got another match that we're going to do a little watch along with you. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back. This is, again, the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. You can listen to us on the Chairshot.com, part of the Chairshot Radio Network. We are doing a watch-along here tonight. We got our first match out of the way before the commercial break. Uh, coming back into now our comedy section of the uh, of the show, uh, we, we try to make it a habit here to find one really terrible match every time we do one of these watch-alongs. And tonight, we may have just about the dirt worst. Um, it's, uh, probably no hyperbole, no hyperbole, if I can say it, the most anticipated and worst delivered rematch in the history of the businesses I've been watching it. And that would be Hulk Hogan versus the ultimate warrior, which took place during the height of Hogan's NWO run in WCW. Uh, the Ultimate Warrior had notoriously been missing from, you know, the wrestling industry for a number of years. Hulk Hogan was on an absolute tear with the NWO. And I will say this about what we're getting into here. The lead up to this was incredibly great schlocky wrestling television. Like the vignettes where they teased the Warrior, Hogan seeing the spectral apparition of the Warrior in the mirror, all the stuff that they, it was just, it was peak cheesy sports entertainment i will put that part of it over it was really good rob i don't know if you felt the same way about it or uh i remember like the first that the night that the warrior came back that was like that was like a real like oh my god this is really happening moment mm-hmm. well we got some neat stuff out of that because they they did a call back to the blade runners they did a tag match with him and sting Against, I don't even remember who it was. And, you know, so it really looked like this was going to be a real legitimate run for the Ultimate Warrior. And it was looking like, okay, this is finally going to be the guy who topples Hollywood Hogan. There's history there. They, uh, without actually playing all the way into it, let you know there was history there. And, you know, the Warrior even had his own his own tagline. It's, he had the NWO, and then the Warrior had the One Warrior Nation, which was the OWN. Which I thought was pretty cool. You know, it was like I said, all the stuff leading up to it had me ready to see it. You know, I, I was skeptical as to whether these guys under the WCW umbrella would be able to deliver a match as the one that they did at WrestleMania several years prior. But I was hopeful. You know, I was a big mark for the Ultimate Warrior, and I was I was hopeful to get it back. Jason, you said you were watching at this point in time. Did you watch this this pay per view? I might have watched it like on VHS with my buddies, but I only watched a handful of like live pay-per-views. So, okay. Um, okay. But just, just seeing as I was fast forwarding through this, seeing the people and seeing the, some of the sets, the set and seeing this just like, Oh man, this is, this has been my, this is my era. This is, this, this was when Jason became a fan. So this was 98. How old were you? Uh, I was born in 85. So I was what? 12, 13. Like okay. That. Okay. So about third. So you were you were their ideal demographic. Oh, I was. I was. They they took Sting and they just put him in my face and they were like, "Here you go, buddy." And I went, "Yep." 
That's my guy. <laughs> yes, sir. All I right. Like guys so, in black. What can I say? I don't hey, know. Well, 20 years, 20 you're not going. You're not going to like this. Uh, this overly tan dude we've got on the ring right now. No. Uh, so no, no. again, if you don't have it up already, pull up the WWE cock. You're going to look in the again the WCW header section. This time under pay per views. Uh, Halloween Havoc from '98. This is season ten, episode one. That is Halloween Havoc. The timestamp is. Two hours and 35 minutes. Hulk Hogan is currently on his way to the ring. Go ahead and pause the episode now. Get yourselves all lined up on the cock. And again, I'm going to give you guys a countdown, and we're going to start this match. Three, two, one, and go. So we have got Hollywood Hogan with the incredibly ridiculous feather white boa. Um, God, you know what? Looking back at this, I love Halloween Havoc, man. Uh, Halloween Havoc was always great. You know, Pre Hogan, oh, there awesome it is! There it is! Giant pumpkin! Yep. Giant pumpkin! God, I love this show. Oh, Dad, they're doing a little bit of a callback to show what happened. Hogan with a legitimate oh. chair shot. <laughs> is that a shaved head Brutus Beefcake? Yes, oh, I think it is. is. I think it is. I think he shaved his head back then. Jesus. That's crazy. You know what? At, at the time, I was so ridiculously just done with the NWO, but it really was a great friggin' idea. All right, so this is so Hulk good. Hogan, and here he is for the first time in several years. We are going to see the actual Ultimate Warrior, not some knockoff. Jesus Christ, you can't even get that on television now. No, you could Are not. Are you watching that no. sign? Okay. Yes, yes, that for was, anyone yeah. who, for some yep, reason, was... I am going to read this sign. Because if for some reason someone's listening to this and not watching it, uh, never mind. You know what? I'm not going to say those words. on, tel- on, on No, don't, don't say that here. Yeah. But no. holy shit! Oh, one yeah. more the the more. Attitude Era was a wild time, my friend. Well, look, one, one, yeah, of, one, of those, one of those words was a callback to Pulp Fiction. And, yes. And, and one of yeah. the worst scenes in... in Movie history. Oh, here we go. There's the giant pumpkin with the goblin behind it, and there he is. Still looking like a million bucks, even here. Dang. Really is. He looks good. So so he's just Warrior, I guess. uh, Yeah, he's just Warrior. At this point, he had changed his name legally to Warrior. Which, this guy was weird. Yeah, this guy was just uh, working, working with a different set of parameters in life. Yeah. And that's that's being that's being generous. Yeah, I mean, you know, the the, the you know, between. I the, truly think that last promo was a shoot. Uh, yeah, it was. He, I, mean, I think he. he I, believed, I think that's part of why he cut the deal with Vin. I think he knew the time was coming. I, I don't think he felt well. If you yeah. watch the way he went to the ring that night, yeah. he got in the ring gingerly. He got out of the ring gingerly. Yeah. I think this dude knew he was on the clock. Because um. I mean, you know, well, look, he had that. He had the, um, you know, the, the the PEDs and the hard drugs and God knows what else. And yeah, and then I guess he had a, a already a, a, a family history of heart disease because I think his father died young of a heart attack. Oh man! So he already he was already predisposed. Like he already had a comorbidity there in the family history. Right. And then we're just adding, you know, the the hard living of the eighties. Yeah. So. Now Hulk Hogan work. Can Hulk Hogan can work a crowd no matter what. Oh yeah. Oh yes, yes, and that you know. Um, 
And to his credit, for the short period of time that the Warrior actually spent overall in the business, he really did at one point have that crowd eaten out of the palm of his hand. Yeah. And I'm like, sorry. No, I saw him live nobody... a couple of times and like in Orlando, and he blew the roof off the place every time. And how many guys in this – I mean, how many guys in the history of the business have gotten those kind of reactions as a heel and a face? Hogan, yeah. 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 Like, not many. Yeah, you can hate the dude as a shoot, but we, we got to stop pretending that this guy didn't know what he was don't, doing. Don't give me some of those heels that people cheer for anyway because they like the heels. No, 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 no. I want you to boo the shit out of them when they're a heel and love them and want them, want you know, to hang out with them when they're faces. And, um, I mean, like the people, this when when he turned and joined the NWO, people were just they were throwing trash in the ring. That was a shoot. That wasn't some gimmick. No. Response. And if you'd have told me five years prior that I'd be watching an event where people were throwing trash at Hulk Hogan, I would have told you get the f out of here. Yeah, man. Yeah, right. So they're 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 Isn't so far it's starting off right. They're basically just hyping the crowd up here. There's there's if you're not watching live, there's absolutely. We are a good uh, several minutes in now, and these guys have not. We are almost five minutes in now, and these guys haven't even touched. Yeah. Well, I was about to ask, isn't there, because I asked this before, isn't there one of the matches where they fought where Warrior just did his entrance where he runs and runs in and he slides into the ring and they just get to business? Or maybe wasn't that, was that? I think it was just a run in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is, this is an actual match match, and it actually goes... A fair amount of time, probably however long it went, it went that many minutes too long. Well, it just, it feels like a, uh, I mean, so far so good with this. Yeah, it starts off fine. It's a slow burn. Well, but also, like, this is how it should be. Like, we were rivals in another company, and goddammit, you followed me over here. All right, man, let's do the put our hands on our guns, walk around each other. And that's the thing. That's what made the angle so good was this was the one demon from Hogan's past that he couldn't shake. Right. It's the one loss he got that he never got back. Which is exactly why he, he went along. He wanted just to do this angle. Right. Yeah. And the warrior straight up told everybody it, right after he came back to WWE, I did it for the payday. Yep. He's like, I went into it knowing what was going to happen, and I did it for the payday. Well, no shame at all. Why else do you wrestle? But yeah, I, I got out of bed today for a payday. I mean, I enjoy. Yeah, I happen I, to enjoy what I'm doing, but I also enjoy getting paid for it. I mean, same. So so far, not so bad. We had a couple good lockups, a couple overhand reese locks, and a couple of shoulder yeah. tackles. So far, the, the the train is not off the tracks. Doing all right. Both guys look okay for their age. You know, Warrior not a whole lot of ring rust for a guy who hadn't been active in several years he's he's looking okay right now but they're they're pacing the match to his to his strengths which is smart what yeah what had he even been up to uh, chewing oh, people out yeah. on the internet yeah um um because i think he came back to WWE. on the what on the internet yeah on the, the america online okay the america like, online yeah he, dude he was, was in the, message boards he was one of those guys oh really was he no. actually yeah, yeah, he was, uh, yeah, and, um, yeah, he, 
he went through a phase on the interwebs where he was not very well received. Like he had his website and he just posted a whole bunch of crap about a whole bunch of guys in the industry, Hulk Hogan being at the top of his list. Um, yeah. And then his run in, in, in WWE, he had some very, very uncomplimentary things to say about Triple H. Um, yeah, it, it was pretty funny because. I mean, he, he no-sold Triple H's finisher and, like, basically buried him in a match at WrestleMania. That was Triple H's punishment for the, uh, what the hell did they call that thing? The, uh, the curtain call. All right, now that's another. Oh, okay, now Hogan's taking over. Here we go. God, sometimes... Hogan Ooh, could be really things. good, and sometimes Hogan could throw really good punches. Tonight is one of those nights where Hogan's punches look like crap. Yeah, I think, and he, look, he had the worst chair shots. Oh yeah, like, you could tell when Hogan was powder puffing you. The problem was Hogan's powder. Like some guys could powder puff you, and it would look really good. Like that, like Bret Hart could. Bret Hart could absolutely look like he was killing you and barely touch you. If yeah. Hogan was powder puffing, it looked like he was powder puffing. I think that's the thing about Hogan that drove people insane. All right, we've got the, the call back to the test of strength from the first match. Yeah, here we go. And that was, I think that was one of the things about this match. They they did a bunch of callbacks, and they didn't do them as well. Right. <laughs> and this, I think well, this is one didn't. of them. Well, at this it point, neither one of those guys was that guy anymore. I mean, look at the Warrior. He's, he, he's in great shape, but he's nowhere near what he was at WrestleMania. Yeah, I forgot how far along in the timeline we are. So there, there's a wolf pack right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, this was after red yeah. NWO. Well, this is yeah. only two years to WCW close and chop. Oh yeah, true. He's lost. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, this is '98, and they pretty much called it a called it a day in 2000. Or yeah, in 2000. Right. Crazy. Uh, Warriors powering that's out. Cool. Yeah, see, this is just this is just a, a not as good version of, of the one they did in the WrestleMania, WrestleMania yeah, six, wasn't it? Yeah, played the it's WrestleMania six. Because they they're they're moving slower and they didn't you know they didn't put quite as much dramatic you know. Right. It was they but did a lot more melodramatic in in a good way at for WrestleMania. for what it was their match at WrestleMania six was really good. That no, that was that was, it was some it was great psychology. It was a very good. Said. A lot of people sleep on that match. It's a very good WWE wrestling match. And, I mean, it, yes, and you know, and look, look, and you know, I've gone on and on about WrestleMania three before how people shit on that match, and and I mean, uh, look, those two matches, I would watch both of those two matches before I watch some damn forty-five minute circle jerk, you know, match with you know. The Young Bucks or Kenny Omega or whatever. Yep. Yep. All right. And here's this crisscross callback to their yeah, match at it. WrestleMania. Hogan with a power slam. Warrior no sells it again. Like and so me, far, this isn't as bad as I remember. I think it's the finish where they they really shit the bed on this one, which unfortunately, like Vince McMahon always said, they only ever remember the finish. This yeah. isn't as horrible as I remember it being. Well, that wasn't Ooh. great. That that was yeah. That was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Close line to the outside. Is Hogan going to sell the knee like he did in the first match? Nope, nope, not going to sell the knee. Okay. 
I can guarantee you in the pre-show huddle, Hogan basically said, just do what we did last time and I'll call the rest in the ring. I can promise you how that's, that's how that conversation went down. Yeah. These guys are huffing and puffing. The warrior's so blown up oh, right yeah. now. Yeah, I'm. Well, he, look, he's blow. He's blown up running to the ring. Yep. <laughs> Jeez, sweating like a like a Shane McMahon. Bro, I'm winded just watching these days. It's exhausting to watch this, isn't it? It's it's tough to watch at this point. Oh, this is yeah. This you're is you're really. Oh no! <laughs> Hogan that takes was... the post. That was not good. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. Re- Warriors ready to go home, man. Look at him. Oh, yeah. that was that was that was. <laughs> oh, that there was it is. <laughs> there it is. Now the Ooh. match is about to fall. So now Hogan there lays a knee into the ref. Like, how was that not a disqualification? Ooh, that was that was that was not a good. Well, that's easy. You lay a knee into the ref, and the refs, you know, two. Discombobulated. To this is where the match starts to fall. After the ref bump is where things fall apart, as I remember it. The ref with no. the legs on the ropes. Oh, now Hogan's calling for backup. Yep. Oh God! What you got to go wait? Oh, you got to make sure he's down. Oh, look! Look at! Look at! Oh my God! Look at him! <laughs> that was the look who it is. Run to the ring, everyone! <laughs> my goodness! And, and that himself. smile. That smile that he had was oh. incredible. Oh, no! <laughs> there goes oh, the man. giant. There goes, was that Virgil? No, that's, that's, is that Stevie? No, who is that? Um, us. Is that Stevie? No, that's, um. That is Stevie. He was, he was. That is Stevie. Right? I remember he was NWO for a little while. All right, so now, all right, so he, he ran everyone out of the ring. Uh, now, he's, now he's going for cover, and the ref was, why are you covering him? The, the this is God. This is so stupid. He knew the ref was down, you dummy. Yeah, this. I mean, this is some AEW shit right here. Yeah. And now, all right. So we got here. Now we got. Look, look, they they are wheezing, man. Oh, they are sucking wind right now. <laughs> go home. Go home. Go home. That's what I'd be calling right now. Man. Who's that ref? Aside from Robinson, I remember him the most. Uh, Nick, Nick that, Patrick. Yeah, Nick Patrick. That's it. All right. So. So now we're going all this far. We're going to go into a rest hold now. No, he's just laying the knees. He might as well. At this point, somebody, yeah, you got to slow the warrior down here. He needs a rest. He needs like a 20 minute headlock. So. So so they had to find him, drop the leg and get out. They had a ref bump, not even for the finish, just for the middle of the match. (laughs) Mid-match run in. Now the refs. (laughs) Sorry, I'd like to take a little time out. And, it, and he didn't even tie him up in the ropes. He just like leaned them against the ropes, and he laid there and waited. And what? Now, how is this oh, not I a disqualification? This I is not a strap that. match. And Hogan's Hogan whipping him with the belt. Now he's going to choke him in the ref. This was not a no holds barred match. No, it was. And now, this was now, a straight now, wrestling match, and we've and got now, a foreign object. And now the referee. This is, is not the only time this happened either with Hogan, because dude, he, I remember he did it all the time. This is a kid. Yeah, he did it's it all the like, time. Nick, uh, ref, why would you disqualify him? He's using the strap. What are you doing? Do your job. Oh, oh, look at how purple the Warriors' face is right now. That dude is on another planet. 
I have told you guys time and time again, there's no one in this industry that works me into a quite the frenzy, frenzy, kayfabe frenzy. Um, Oh, that was... Oh, no. Oh, no. Y'all, this this is... Oh, God. (laughs) This is where it falls apart. (laughs) Man. (laughs) Woo-hoo. Go home. (laughs) What was that? Oh, Oh, here comes the splash. Nope. Well, they are moving like it. Oh, no. No. No water in the pool. Hogan was already moving before Warrior even hit the second rope. Oh, good grief. This, was this, this. I remember being what? so pissed off that I paid for this premium live event. No, I said, uh-huh. all right. Oh, here comes the Hogan finish. There's one punch. Two punch, three punch. Nope. He just falls back. down. Yeah, he hits a warrior with so, three punches. Oh, oh, the warrior's so taking I'm the belt. Just noticing something. Who in Snickers loves wrestling? No clue. But they were they were the. They yeah. have been a wrestling sponsor for a long time because they sponsor WrestleMania almost every year. They do. They're a big fan of money. I don't know if you knew that. Oh yeah. And now, now he's wrapping the belt around his his fist. Well, now we're not even. Come on, come on. Oh. bro! It's just a leather belt. Your your hand's gonna hurt more than that. So yeah, and oh, oh, oh. Oh, he's reaching in for the. Has he got the nuts? Is that the nuts? Oh no! It's it, here we Pass. go. Here you go, Jason. This is for you, Jason. Why why are we getting the extreme close up? Yeah, why are you why showing the game? This you is the fuck finish. He tried to do the flash oh, fire. No, that was <laughs> He was supposed to hit the flash fire, so they had to call an audible on the finish, I think. So he was going to hit him with the flash and then hit him with the leg, and we were out of here, right? Uh, probably we were going home after that. There it is. He's got Warriors calling on the spot now. And now, I was gonna say, and now the worst thing possible. Make it up. So this had to be a no DQ match because he did it right in front of the referee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it must have been. But Hogan, I know for a fact, Hogan, the ref gave refs gave is, though, if, a lot of leanway with the belt. If it was a no holds barred match, why did the ref try to get the belt away from him to begin with? Is it so? Either it was or it was. I have the audio off, so I don't even know. Um, Oh, this, this is, yeah, this is, this. yeah. Oh, oh, and Hogan's busted and Hogan open. Fell down. We needed some color here, boys. The color didn't even save this match. Well, not. Oh, and a horrible nut shot. Oh, in front, in front of the referee. Yeah, it's got to be some sort of no holds bar. Oh, but I that. stand by my statement about the belt. He he used the strap all the time, and no one, no ref gave him a hard time about it. And I, can I drop the leg? And there's a leg. We're out of here. Oh, he's barely able to get up. Yeah, Hogan was so busted. Oh, is he doing two? You have to. It's the Ultimate Warrior. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah, that's, that's true. Oh, that's the guy he hit with the chair on Nitro. Oh. Yeah, that's not Beefcake. That's, uh, what the hell is that guy's Beefcake name, Rob? I don't know. He didn't last very long, but. Well, I'm turning up, oh, turning up the volume. He's, Hogan. He's, he'll tell us who it is. Yeah. Oh, the Warrior's starting to Warrior out. He, he's calling to the power. Oh, here we go. He's loading up the rocket ship. 
He doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't even know which, which rope to run to. No, he just. No, dude, this is so bad. I said, this dude's gas tank ran out. I don't know where he's finding the And now Bischoff put the referee in the headlock. Oh, I forgot Bischoff. God. Is that Horace? That's Horace. That was that guy's name, Horace. And that was, that was. Oh, that's so. Yeah. One shitty chair shot to the back and the ultimate warrior lays down, pays the favor back to a bloody Hulk Hogan. With a smug ass Eric Bischoff in a leather jacket, who knows why? Look at that! Oh, what a douchebag Eric Bischoff is! Oh my God, I and tell look, you guys, nobody does it like Hollywood and Bischoff. They just and look, look, talk I mean, about Satan, Satan themselves. So he he did all that no selling, and then one weak chair shot to the back. Put it down. And, and oh, he, he tossed the ref. Oh no! Just get him with the chair, dude. Like, there were so many questions in this match. Like, why the ref bump? Why is Hogan bloody? Was this no-holds-barred match? Was it not? Was the ref just given leeway because of the emotion of the moment? Why is Horace Hogan out here? Why is... What the... Oh, so now... So was he, like, kicking him out? Look at the the staples in that dude's head. Uh, Yeah, are we going to light the warrior on fire? Is that what we're doing here? Wow, that's a whole lot of lighter fluid, Bubba. Did yeah. you need the whole bottle? Uh-oh, wait a minute, who's this? Who the hell? I think these are officials. Well, yeah, these are officials. Now we've got people coming out to save the warrior. Oh, God. No, nobody's saving the warrior. They're going to light him on fire? I don't remember. Yeah, go let him light him on fire. Go ahead. Come on. So, and oh, I think lighter. they took the lighter away. Okay. They probably can took we the turn this off now? This, this, yeah. Are we okay. done? <laughs> We're done. So it started. Rob, Rob, out... Rob, 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 wait, 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 Rob. Can yeah. I say it this time? Good. Yes. This shit. Yes. <laughs> there it is. That's your official. This is shit moment of the night here on the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. And all right. So. Yeah, Warrior. Yeah, wipe the lighter fluid off your body and then immediately put it in your mouth. I understand exactly what happened here. Holy shit, dude. Oh, he was already pissing hot, so you might as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> might, might as well, man. He's okay, like, so hey. it, it started out okay. It did. The first five or ten minutes of that match was perfectly fine. It was perfectly serviceable. But oh. the, So that was too – I mean, Hogan is – much better than folks give him credit for, as we've said several times on this show. And so it was two guys who have a good wrestling mind. It's just they're they're like, all right, let's go 100 miles an hour. And then they their bodies couldn't keep up with their minds. And that's how I run it anyway. Well, when it, well once, it, once it started going bad, it, it went real bad. Yeah, they couldn't yeah. recover. I don't exactly. think the Warrior was ever a guy to call it in the ring. Um, I, no. I think he relied heavily on people kind of quarterbacking him through his matches. I think the the things that he did for himself, he did very well. Yeah. But the things that he did for the betterment of the match, somebody else had to talk him through. I know it's probably just one more thing to remember, but at that point, it's only one more thing. 
DJ, do whenever you're booking a match or like a big one or whatever, and you have like a semi risky spot like that fireball spot, you only get one chance at it. If you fuck up your fireball, you can't just go to the back and get another one. Right. Um. So do you have a backup spot planned? Uh, you should. I feel like you should. <clears throat> yeah. Um. But again, this also comes back to people being able to call it in the ring. Because, yeah. God forbid, your big move goes south, you better know how to recover. And the best of the best can go out there, and if the finish gets fucked up, they can rework the finish on the fly. I remember reading an interview one time, an interview was an article, they were talking about Harley Race, and I wish for the life of me I could remember who the guy was he wrestled, and I wish I could find the match. Because the, the article, article talked about uh, Harley and this guy talked before the match and said, what are we going to do? He's, and the other guy's like, you want to call it in the ring? He's like, no, don't call anything. Let's just go out there and have a wrestling match. And they went out there for 20 minutes and had a wrestling match, and nobody called a damn thing in the ring. They just went out there and worked. And they read each other's body language. So I said, I wish I could find the match to see if the match was actually any good. But uh, by all accounts in this article, the match was actually pretty good, and they never called the first spot in the ring. They just Whoa. went and did it. And a lot of times, there are a lot of guys who don't even know what the finish is until they get in the ring. Yeah. Because, um, well, they, uh, because, uh, um, that was one of the things, like, Charlotte said about her and Sasha, that they, they don't call it, they, they didn't call anything. Yeah. They just, they, they kind of, they knew where each other were all the time, and they just kind of feel each other out and just, you know, just do stuff. Yeah. And a, and a good professional will know how long to take heat, when to fight back. And, you know, you you just learn, one, through familiarity of wrestling the person you're wrestling, and two, just learning your craft is learning when to take over a match, when to let the other person get the heat, when to slow it down, when to slap a rest hold, you know, when to take it to the outside. If shit goes sideways and you're, you guys are in there and it's just not going right, somebody's got to powder out. Yeah. Somebody's got to powder out, walk around that room <clears throat> a little bit, work the crowd, rethink things. Diamond Dallas Page was talking about this one time. He was wrestling Sting. And somehow or another, the match just went sideways. Like either Sting wasn't, I want to say that the crowd was really loud and either Sting wasn't here in the spots or DDP wasn't hitting here in the spots. Either way, the match was going sideways and DDP just all of a sudden out of the blue grabs Stinger by the trunks and yanks him to the outside and just slings him out there so Sting can catch his breath. So both guys can take a pause and regroup themselves. The best of the best can do it. But, yeah, if you're planning a big spot like a fireball or like a big table bump or something like that, if that like if you've worked that finish in the back mm-hmm. and it fucks up, like you step up on the – because this happens all the time. Guys will go to do a table bump. They'll step up on the table, and the table will collapse underneath them. Well, you just fucked your finish. It yeah. wasn't intentional, but you fucked your finish. What are you going to do for a backup? The fireball is a huge thing, if you, and it's easy to screw up. If you screw up that fireball, you better have a backup plan. Yeah, I think that's why most of the time when they when people do fire stuff, it's during like a angle during a TV or something. It's not usually yeah. not, you know, yeah. for a match. Yeah. Oh, so, man. all right. Well, that's going to conclude the watch along segment of this. Want to thank you guys if you watched along. Hope you had as much fun with it if you as we did if you watched. Uh, now we're going to talk a little bit of rating stuff. We're going to turn this back over to the genius corner. Uh, the genius himself, Rob Bonnet, is going to talk uh, talk some. What was it? Uh, SmackDown numbers, right? Yeah, and so um, the number usually because um, now I get this stuff from WrestleNomics, and so um, look, everybody gets the um, like the rating for like what the 
two hours were for SmackDown or the two hours were for Dynamite or the three hours were for Raw. But there's a little more detailed information that, you know, some you can get if you're if you're willing to go fish for it. And that's uh, the uh, quarter hours. Right. And now sometimes they get them pretty quickly. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes it takes a while. Um, usually, um, they got the ones for SmackDown pretty quickly. I mean, they had them like on Monday, you know, which basically means somebody inside the WWE probably gave them to, gave it to them because they were yeah. so good. Okay. Um, some, yeah, I mean, cause they get the AEW stuff pretty quickly cause I think Tony basically gives it to them and and for them to get, it takes usually takes them a little, little bit longer to get WWE stuff because they got to fish for it. But I think in this case, somebody sent it to them because it was really good, and and they wanted to get it out there. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so um, the the two the average over the two hours was two point five, which they've gotten to before. Um, that's not, I mean, that's a that's that's a good number for them. As a, that is a. Oh, in general, that's a high number for a SmackDown two-hour show. Um, but the big story in this case was the last 15 minutes. Um, the last, well, now first of all, at 9.30, they went up to 2.7 million people. But then at, from 9.45 to the end of the show, they did 2.9 million people. Wow. You know, according to Nielsen. And remember, now we've said before, you know, Nielsen does undercount. So basically they had over 3 million <clears throat> people watching this the last 15 minutes. Right. Right. And, and I mean, we've, we've established several times that, and with data to back it up, that Nielsen is a great floor. Yeah, exactly. It, so if um, 2.9 was the floor, you're doing pretty good. Yes, exactly. So over 3 million people were watching this on live, te- live television on Friday yeah. night. And <clears throat> which is an insane number in 2023 for a professional wrestling show and look and um and what's really important here so first of all this was you know they had a big event that had been advertised there you know of course there was some there was some storyline stuff that led to it you know the end of night of champions and this was kind of a throwback to ending the pay-per-view on a cliffhanger and to set up the TV. Uh, now, the difference between now and back when they used to do that all the time, back in the Attitude Era, is that this time, the match they used at Night of Champions to set it up was a much better match than we would get on those old Attitude Era pay-per-views. Absolutely. Okay, back then you would get you would get um, uh, an okay match, maybe, or maybe a good match but with about 15 run-ins and a DQ <laughs> finish and you know and all types of stuff. Um, but the match would be good. The match is good. So in this case, I mean the match. I mean, <clears throat> and when, you know this this the storylines were going on for three years, and there've been a, a lot of just kind of dramatic points and ups and downs, and um, to lead up to this point, and we had you know the thousand day celebration for Roman Reigns. So they had all these kind of narrative things leading up to this big moment, and <clears throat> also they and they saved it to the end of the show, which also mattered because you know that gave people time to you know that that gave them time to build the audience over the two hours um because what had happened earlier in may uh i think it was may 12th 
Roman came out there at the beginning and they did you know, they did 2.4 million while he was out there and then the whole rest of the show it fell down to like 2.0 for the rest of the show basically yeah and then, it, it, at, <clears throat> and then, it cratered yeah and then the next week they brought him out there at nine and so it was like 2.0 for the first hour then it went up to 2.4 while he was out there and it went back down to 2.0 after he was done so this time they saved it to the end and that gave that gave time for things to build and build and for more people to you know maybe people like oh well, he hasn't come on yet okay i you know i can jump in here at 8 30 i can jump in here at nine or i can jump in here at 9 15. Mm-hmm. um whereas you know in those two weeks i mentioned you know if he came out there at eight and you missed him and if that even if he was the reason why you wanted to watch then if you missed him at eight then you just didn't bother or if you're you know if you missed him at nine if he was the reason you were watching if you missed him at nine then you just didn't bother with the rest. Yeah. Uh, here, by putting it at the end, <clears throat> it get everybody who wanted to see it a chance to, you know, get in the house, get settled, you know, in front of their TV whenever they had a chance to do it. So everybody who wanted to see this was got to do it. And also, it, you know, it by doing it that by having giving it a chance to build up over time. You know, you got better rating for the rest of the show, and which means more people saw some of the other stuff. Right. And um, like where you place things on the show matters because <clears throat> if you put if you put the big event too early, your audience will crater after it's over. Yeah. Um, because this I'm um, actually that happened um after. I mean, not only that, dude, but like with the way this event ended, like. You end the show that way. Yeah, um, but um, well, like um, back in when um, I think it was back in January when Jimmy and Jay were defending, and there was that big question: I think was will, will Jay be there? Yeah. yeah. All right, they did that match at nine o'clock. Well, yeah, because they showed up. Well, but they yeah, but, but they, did, they right. did it at not, but well, they did it at nine o'clock. And when and once that match was over, brother, that thing went through the floor. <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean. I mean, it was like fire sale after, I mean, after it was over. I mean, like just droves and droves of people were just like, okay, <laughs> that's what I came to see. Yep. Be, you know, be back next week. So you don't, you don't want to do that. Um, you, you don't want to, yeah. I mean, you, if, if there's some big singular event that is supposed to happen that week, you got to put it on at the right time or else you, you will kill your audience for the rest of the show. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I not only that I would have like, not that I would have like changed the channel or whatever, because you know I do a wrestling podcast. But if they had done that even at eight thirty, I would have been emotionally exhausted for the rest of the show, and I'd be like, I don't really care about what's going on right now. At that point, just play with my phone. At that point, everything behind it is in the death spot. Yeah. Yeah. And that, <laughs> you and do it at eight o'clock. Congratulations, you killed your whole show. Right. Along with one J, along with one James Uso. Uh, yeah, and that's and that's um, so in this case, you know, they, they lined everything up right. And also, look, this is a testament like to just how good this thing has been going, because in the past, when they've gotten some ridiculously high rating, like I think one time they got they got one and they had like an NFL lead in. Right. So, yeah. Right. So, I mean, you, you almost got to throw that out entirely. Last time they even right. broke three for a wrestling thing, The Rock was on there. Yeah. And so. so I mean, stuff like that, you just got to, I mean, like, you can't even count that, really. I right. Mean, 
Um, our the boss man Greg DeMarco. Actually, I asked him because I was lazy. Uh, when was the last time this had even happened? Because it was like, oh, the Raw's highest rating in whatever, whatever, whatever. And I said, okay, uh, I'm too lazy, and you probably know this. What was the last high point like this? this the best rating since. And he said it looks like December 30th, 2022, when John Cena wrestled. Yes. Okay. And um, if I can make, uh... John Cena wrestling over Christmas Vacation is the kind of numbers we're talking about. And meanwhile, this is a Wednesday in June, you know, between pay-per-views and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, back up. I'm looking for that now. I think I have that. Oh, set. yeah. That's that fine. Um, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, you'd, Rob, you're talking about, oh, well, the NFL lead-in, the this, the that. And, like, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's John Cena wrestling for the first time in a decade. Of course people are going to watch. Um, yeah, and that's – This um... was just dudes talking. Yeah. This was this was their regular television programming. This was as the bloodline turns, and, and people was, were tuning in. Yeah, um, and, this and, was. And, and let's 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 expound upon that. How many views did it do across social media in seventy-two hours? Like forty million. Forty views. million views, and I got into an argument on my Twitter timeline with some guy. Who tried to tell me that that shit didn't matter? He's trying to argue right. that wrestling now will never be as popular as it was <laughs> in the late '90s in the Attitude Era, and we're going to yes. table that discussion oh, to next week. I'd like to do some diving, oh, some data, you know, because uh, th- this guy just wasn't getting the point, and well, it was irritating as shit because he yeah. was comparing, he was using an outdated rig. Because basically, what he was doing was talking about how people were, you know, making a big deal out of, you know. SmackDown getting three million in the last whatever, and he's like, "But they did that more than that on a regular basis in 1999." I'm like, "Dude, yeah, they didn't have the internet, you fucking idiot." And that's the point. But he was sitting there trying to tell me that internet views don't, social media views don't matter. I'm like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" It absolutely matters. I'm not entertaining this discussion anymore because this is the most ridiculous thing we've talked about. Well, like, okay. They did just, what? What was the final number across all social media within seventy-two hours? Ten million? Like 40, 40, 40 million. Forty yeah, million. And, and now, oh. and also, and now, and a good portion, and a good, a good chunk of the that is, like the the YouTube stuff is monetized. Um, the well, TikTok is also, but but it's mm-hmm. the rates for. I'm we're getting really down the weeds here, but. Basically, you have, you have to do like a super huge shit ton of views on TikTok to make right. money. Right. But, but you know what? They know what the views are because they get paid on them. Plus, I would imagine WWE can con- can negotiate a higher rate of reimbursement well, than say me like, or Rob or you. Well, also, don't tell me that they the views on TikTok don't matter. The views that on YouTube don't matter. Whatever, whatever. Not only are you expanding your customer base and whatnot. You're making money. Right. At the end of the day, so, that's what matters is the dollar sign. And so. also, but but the, the whole Nielsen argument is just, it is completely. It's so dated. Well, it's, it's, it's so just, it's, it's it's totally fraudulent. And I mean, to compare this to 1999 and, you know, and there are a million different reasons why you just shouldn't do that. And I'm, it. <sighs> we said it earlier. I'll say it again. We've gone through the data. Rob has gone through the data. Nielsen is a great is a pretty decent baseline or floor. That is it. Yeah. It's good at that. It is. Yeah. It will give you a great idea of where you're at. 
and also it does I mean, not paint the whole picture. And also, it's it's good to compare, you know, what you did this, what you did today this year versus what you did today last year. Right. It, it's good for making comparisons within the, the system. Showing trends. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Exactly. It's because look, I mean, trends. I mean, up up is up and down is down compared to what you did before, no matter what the actual number is. So yeah. it's good for that. But also, in 1999, every look, everything that was on TV in 1999 is still on TV now. Oh my God! Let's talk about the bloodline. Oh my God! We're not talking about the internet versus versus cable in to- yeah. 1999 versus okay. 2023. Right. They did yeah. a fuck ton of views. <laughs> the bloodline's still going, and I wanted to get to the most important part. Have it. A lot okay. of you people. <laughs> a lot of you people. We got a you people segment. This podcast that one Mr. Cody Rhodes, the American Nightmare, the son of a plumber. Was absolutely positively, and DJ, it was a what that Cody would win. It was a moral imperative yes. that Cody Rhodes. <coughs> Sorry, I'm getting choked up. <coughs> it was a moral imperative that Cody Rhodes win the title from Roman Reigns. Otherwise, yeah. the wheels were going to come off, or Cody was going to lose all momentum, or it's just the whole thing was going to fall apart unless Cody Rhodes. Oh my goodness, Cody Rhodes needs to win the title. Otherwise, he's going to go back to Jacksonville in a year. And and people are going to stop watching WWE because they're going to be sick of Roman. And, and that's it. It's all over. And well, where Cody's are we now? hotter now than he ever where has been. Where are we now? Cody Rhodes is way hotter than he's ever been. That dude is a million dollars. I'm so excited for him. And because he's far away from Roman, he's just doing Cody shit now, which is great. He's being hamming it up with beating people with the cast like a real baby face would. And then the train keeps on going. So I'm just going to, you know, take my little victory lap and say, I told you so. I told you so. I told you so. I'd, not you guys, obviously. We right. No, the, the Mindless Wrestling Podcast as a collective, if I remember correctly, called it. Yeah, all right, I, we, I, I got it here from December 30th, by the way. All right, so yeah, John Cena, John Cena wrestling on December thirtieth. That quarter hour got two point eight million. Okay, so so dollars to donuts or apples to apples. Roman did more than John Cena wrestling. He just Roman outdrew. talking, Roman talking to yeah. his cousins outdrew, outdrew the goat. the goat, quote unquote, because uh, he's not. There's another guy who is, and he's wearing a big gold belt right now, and he works on Fridays. And well, and also we should not leave out that John Cena was wrestling against Roman Reigns that night. So yeah, yeah, it's a, it's also, a win for it's a, it's a win for Roman either way. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and by the way, something else happened. Oh my night. God, Tony Khan's making another announcement about Collision. No, we're not going to do that. Well, but oh, no, but, I just but, want okay. that's it. But that's since it. We're, since we're talking about another December announcement, 30th, since we're talking How about many? Oh yeah, it's good. We are talking about December thirtieth. Oh else shit. Happened. Something else happened on December. Oh 30th. shit! Got I thought we were free and clear. All I was right. Call so the as the bloodline turns. Look, no, excuse me. I am no, you, you no. I am going to make my point, sir. Ugh. Okay. Something else happened on December thirtieth. that got two point seven million viewers. <sighs> and that was when uh-huh. we crowned the fourteen-time women's champion. Oh, he's unlivable. Okay, that's Jesus all. Christ. All right. You know what? On that note, why don't we call the go home here, guys? It's been a good show. Yes, it has.
Yeah. All right. Let's wrap back around the room and thank my thank my co-host, starting with the from the Roger, Rob the Genius podcast, Mr. Rob the Genius with the data, with the facts, with the figures, sir. Another fun night tonight. Oh, thank you, and it's always good to be here. And Bucky's tag team partner, Jason, your insight is always welcome. Fun time, sir. Fun watch-alongs. Yeah, this is a great time. I had a blast tonight, gentlemen. All right, and you, the loyal listeners, as always, we thank you for making it all the way to the end of another episode. I am the man with the award-winning and holy beard DJ. You have been listening to another episode of the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. Again, part of the ChairShot Radio Network. You can find us on thechairshot.com. If you like what we're doing, man, share the episodes. We're trying to build an audience like everybody else is. I think we got a great cast of characters here, as well as everybody on the ChairShot Radio Network. Go check those guys out. ChairShot.com. We've got all your needs from sports to entertainment to sports entertainment, a plethora of podcasts whole bunch of different characters, different viewpoints, different personalities. You're going to like it. Go check it out. Give us a listen there. Give everybody else a listen and support these podcasts. Remember, you can call it pro wrestling. You can call it sports entertainment. You can call it whatever you want, but call it in the ring. And we're out of here until next week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.